I'm Jinx Monsoon, joined by my co-host, as always, Nick Sahoya. Hello, Nick. Hello. Great to be here, Mom. And welcome to a brand new episode of I'm 40% Podcast. Today, we will be reviewing Futurama Season 2, Episode 7, and our special guest is none other than the... um, what 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 is it? Kawaii cutie? Should I say that? Is yeah. that like hip? Is that what the kids does that Co- slap? Kooky and spooky. Kooky and spooky. Pixelated. And spooky. Demonic pixelated. Glitch. Kawaii yeah. cutie. Um, from Dragula fame. It's Erica Clash. Hello, Erica. Hi, Jinxie. Hi, Nick. How are we today? Hello, Erica. So excited that you're here. Me too. Mom, I should tell you that saying kawaii cutie means cute cutie. Right. Cool. Cutie cutie. I'm glad. Yes. I'm glad. I'm, um, I'm happy that I knew a word. Nick, you've got your tits out for the camera today. Erica's wearing um, a lovely little like Easter parade outfit. Yes. And I am dressed as Steve Jobs. So let's get this episode <laughs> underway. How, 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 how did we find it, children? Erica, are you a fan of Futurama to begin with? You know, I am. Um, way back a few years ago, my ex and I, like, we had a huge binge watch moment of Futurama. So mm-hmm. I remember a lot of the, the later episodes featuring uh, Richard Nixon, but I guess this is like the first one that we <laughs> met him in. So that was kind of fun to like see a foundational, kind of a foundational episode for like a major, you know, character that pops up a lot. This I enjoyed is... that. And and it, it also highlighted for me how much has changed, but also how much has not changed with politics. Absolutely. Mm. Like, um, this is, I mean, this is a very formative episode because, as you said, it introduces Richard Nixon. And essentially, I think this introduced Richard Nixon to a lot of people in general, not just in the context of the show, but like everything I know about Richard Nixon comes from (laughs) Futurama, Uh, some history books. Uh, uh, The Simpsons references Nixon a few times, but um, really my, uh, my breadth of Nixon knowledge comes from various episodes of Futurama. That's, that's, Great. I mean, saying Thank a you, lot Mom. about me, but. <laughs> Erica, uh, you, you, me, and Jake's actually, we all moved to the Bay Area at about the same time. That's yep. where we met. Um, you are back in New York now. Are you a New Yorker originally? Yes, I grew up in the Bronx and uh, yeah, I lived in Queens. Um, when I lived, when I went to NYU, I was living in Manhattan. And then, yeah, I just sort of had like, you know, opportunity to go out to the Bay. I'd always wanted to live there since I'd been there in high school. Uh, I went to visit for like a weekend. I fell in love with the city. Um, and yeah, it was like a really great like three years of just having that experience. And now I'm back. I came back right in time for COVID to happen. So it's kind of strange. <laughs> just in time. <laughs> yeah. I almost missed it. But um, 
Okay, well, so... Well, as a New Yorker, do you feel me. a special... Excuse me, I was in the middle of as an a New Yorker, <laughs> As a New Yorker, this is what happens when she's in charge. As a New Yorker, how do you feel about Futurama? It's a very New York show. <laughs> as a New Yorker who lives in New York, and it comes from a family of New Yorkers. <laughs> but actually, though, um, you know, not... Uh, not in particular. I I love when they go out into space a little more because it it tends to highlight <laughs> the ways in which like the the universe like they can use these like wacky concepts to make these like commentaries on things that are that are real and happening and that are kind of on the mundane side. Yeah, okay. I mean, I and I it love. Kinda, <laughs> it looks like sorry. What the petty graphics? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it go looks on, like Erica. New York. It looks like New York, just just like you know, aged a little bit, just like yeah. Future New York, Future new New York, York. <laughs> M- mature New York, mature you know New York. Oh, that's a new like um actor warm up. Mature yeah. New York, mature. Anyway, this is a pretty important episode, as we mentioned, because we're introduced to Nixon, um, not only as a former president, but as a current supervillain. <laughs> He's sort of one of the main villains of the show, right? It's like him yeah. and the mom and like maybe the robot devil. Yeah, but the thing about Nixon is, like, they do everything they can to keep him from becoming president. And spoilers... He becomes president. Um, but then, you know, then he doesn't do that terrible of a job. You know, he occasionally has to call on them for help. And I mean, he's as good a, a leader as any other leader in this show. Mayor Poopenmeyer, okay. what's he doing for the city? <laughs> like, okay, Jinx is pro-Nixon. Interesting. I'm not um, pro-Nixon. Yeah. Jinx pro- loves Nixon. <laughs> I'm just saying for, for what seems like a disaster in this episode, like it goes on to not really have much impact and because of nixon winning we you don't know you don't know what happens in the day-to-day lives of these people and plus even though this business is kind of a mess the professor has money everyone around him is operating from a position of privilege we don't know what happens to the lower classes we don't know what happens to the the robots because he he courts the robot vote there's no way he's actually showing up for the robots anyway he's not showing up for anyone he's showing up only for nixon and you tell me how's that different from any other president well you know i kind of find it interesting that they had these robots that are just left to die in the middle of the episode and he's sort of like richard Nixon is like appropriating robot qualities and culture in order to like gain votes but It, it was very blatant that's another thing is that this episode it's all about Richard Nixon having a robot body but from the for the rest of the series he's just still ahead in a jar and the whole point of him being able to run for president again is because he had a new body and then after this episode nobody he has vice president it's in the headless it's in pre- the, body the closet of Agnew. he puts the closet he puts the the body in the closet he's the still got a new is, body it's the only way he's able to run for president is that he has this new body and after this episode doesn't matter at all he's just president they never have another election he's president forever he's just a head in a jar and he's carried around by his headless vice president and um i don't know does that have but political actually, impact overall let's actually Only get into the episode <laughs> we're too we're too <laughs> metaphorical we're too ethereal right now let's talk about this episode there's no cold open at the beginning, 
our little tagline is Futurama from the makers of Futurama. Is this funny, Erica? <laughs> is this funny? I actually loved. I actually loved it um, because I am a huge fan of the Twilight Zone and they, what they call the scary door. Oh yeah. yes, we go into the scary the spooky, door right the away. The spooky door. <laughs> um, and the I love that. The spooky door episode. is um, what they call untucked on Dragula, right? <laughs> right, exactly. That's <laughs> that's when um, at the final like episode they like discover all the bodies of all the other contestants. It's a spooky door. <laughs> Um, so yes, it is a Twilight Zone parody. Uh, the announcer doing a bad Rod Sterling impression says, and I wrote down the whole thing. What's a bad Rod Sterling impression? <laughs> it's Sterling, not Sterling. Whatever. I think. I'm that, mad about my, it, but I'm not a, sure. Mine's a drag king name. It's Rod <laughs> Sterling Silver. <laughs> <laughs> he Rod says, Sterling, so delicious. Oh, are you in love with Rob Serling? I am. Ro- now he's so Rob. <laughs> Rod Ster- Rob Rob Serling. Y'all are Rob Serling. Rob like- Serloin? <laughs> mature, mature New York and Rod Serling Sterling Silver. That's like that's like the the two new actors uh, in the actors toolbox. <laughs> Okay. He says, you are entering the vicinity of an area close to a location, the kind of place where there might be a monster or some kind of weird mirror. These are just examples. It could also be something much better. Prepare to enter the scary door. <laughs> I think everyone here is a Twilight Zone fan. Erica, you just said you are. I'm a huge Jinx, Twilight I think Zone you've fan. seen even more Twilight Zone than me. Um, what's possible. everyone's favorite episode? Oh, my favorite episode is the last. I don't know if it's the last episode that ever aired, but it's the last episode you can watch on Hulu. It's about two little children, and they yeah. and they swim into the bottom of a pool, and they get transported to some old, um, some old oaky grandma's, uh, Aunt like Aunt T's <laughs> secret hideaway for abused children. My. Thing, the thing about this episode isn't because of the premise is it my favorite it's because for whatever reason they must have lost the children's audio <laughs> they go between two locations the backyard of the children's house and Aunt T's bungalow when they're at Aunt T's bungalow apparently they were able to capture the children's audio and you just have the little kids voices coming out of their mouths <laughs> like like reality dictates but then when we're back at the other location something must have happened and they have adults voicing over like overdubbing the children's voices it's so doing, bad but it's like mary melodies looney tunes versions of kids voices so you got this little girl who's like eight looking up at her mom and she's like talking like this but mommy i don't want to go to the divorce lawyers <laughs> like, <laughs> i wanted to go back the way it was <laughs> why are you fighting with daddy mommy <laughs> it's It's insane. I love it so much. Erica, your favorite Twilight Zone? My favorite one is from the new Twilight Zone. It's the episode with Jessica Simpson and the dollhouse. No, just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Um, No. Uh, there's a few of my favorites. Uh the the one on the with the airplane, William Shatner on the airplane, iconic. Um there's so many to choose. Like um the 
will, will the real Martian please stand up? The one where they're in the diner. And there's like Jennifer Coolidge. It's like somehow in the 1960s in there. Oh, so good. There's so many good ones. The ones with the with the nasty family, they all hate each other. And they wear these masks and they took them off. Oh, and they're yeah. ugly. The pig people. Pig, it's just, pig face it's people. It's hard to pick one, y'all. It's so hard. Yeah. It's, it's a really cool show for its time but also there's a lot of episodes that just leaves you going what people used to watch this on television they used to gather around their tv for the one episode of television they got that week (laughs) do you remember the carol burnett episode (laughs) that's not my favorite it's just the one i think of the most which one she plays a guardian angel and it's very bad no she's not a guardian angel she's like the cinderella of the story and a guardian angel gives her everything she wants and then she realizes she doesn't want it oh go and they keep cutting to heaven and it's like a big soundstage with like one (laughs) trellis or something it's like an altar and the the angels have these little dinky like <laughs> coat hanger wings. It's pretty awful. It was a comedy episode. They were leaning in to the mm. comedy because it was other- pretty weird. Because we all know what angels looked like in the 1960s. They were just stars. <laughs> they were just a static image of stars that would get brighter as they talked. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, this one's a parody of the one where the guy survives the apocalypse, but he can still read his books, but then he breaks his glasses. But in this version, he's like, oh, well, I can still read the large print books and then his <laughs> my, eyeballs fall out. <laughs> my eyesight's not that bad. It's like also the idea that if someone broke their glasses, they wouldn't be able to ever read like you can hold a book up this close. <laughs> my aunt is legally blind and she still reads. So you know what, Twilight Zone, think a little harder. <laughs> I mean, Jinx, you did it first with little Edie with the magnifying. Like, she figured it out. Oh, yeah. She figured She'll it find out. one. <laughs> you can live in a, de- a, a, a decrepit <laughs> mansion <laughs> with no access to the outside world and still read a goddamn book. But the scary, the spooky door takes it like four steps further because first his eyes fall out and then his hands fall off and then his head falls off, just really driving home the point that he's not going to be able to read a damned book. It is called the scary door, but I insist we only call it the spooky door from now on. Um, copyright. Uh, Leela enters the room. Yeah, for copyright. Leela enters the room. She says, there's a political debate on. Quick, change the channel. And then Bender (laughs) says, that's what Fry said when we turned on the debate. Um, Leela changes it, and we see the two presidential candidates are John Jackson and Jack Johnson, um, and they are identical clones of each other. And I really yearn for a time. Not your fraternal (laughs) clones that we're more used to. I yearn for a time where this political satire was uh, salient and uh, accurate towards the political system. And that's all I have to say about that. Well, our last election, the the candidates weren't clones, but um, I, 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 I mean, like... They were uh, both 80. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they did both come from the exact same demographics. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. It's like politics makes my head spin these days because none of, it, it stopped being like the satirical stuff about politics stopped being satirical. It's all real now. Like, I mean, we have such fanatic level 
idiocy <laughs> and willful <laughs> ignorance. Like it's like circus grade, circus grade peanuts here. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. It, it, we, we're definitely more polarized now than we were when this episode came out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And but what what that makes me realize in hindsight now is that like yeah in my view like Bill Clinton and George W like they're not that different they you know based on what we know we know more now about how fucking corrupt everything is or like at least we're talking about it more so mm-hmm. I it really made sense in the time that they made the episode yeah and you know it, it there were definitely definitely times where it's just been like one candidate over the other just feels like a lateral move on either yeah. side of the party line you yeah. know like we're gonna just we're only like taking a step this way <laughs> <laughs> um uh fry says he's not vaccinated i uh, <laughs> was, was pretty upset by that <laughs> i know um I have they to plant, rethink they plant my all these love seeds. Of I know you're in love with an anti-vaxxer mom. Um, I, you know, wait, Jinx wants Jinx, to fuck Fry. Oh, so do I. <laughs> every, I'm not gonna lie, Erica. Every drag queen who has been a guest on this show wants to fuck Fry. Like, listen, give me a, a corny nerd, and I'm there. <laughs> hey, Latrice wanted to fuck Leela. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Or, or or get fucked by Leela. I can't remember what we landed on. <laughs> I think we. I think strap-ons came up. I think, I think maybe she was going to get pegged. I think Lila knows how to how to peggy her, her egg. <laughs> they plant all these seeds of one vote has never made a difference. Uh, it couldn't possibly make a difference. They really lean hard into that. But then they also talk about the one time it did make a difference when John Quincy adding machine, uh, <laughs> the first robot president, was elected by one vote. And he pledged uh, not to go on a killing spree, but like most <laughs> politicians, he promised more than he could deliver. <laughs> it feels like there's been a few, there's been a few supervillain presidents, okay? Because yeah. <laughs> we know that um, we'll learn at some point that Mount Rushmore has been updated to include <laughs> the likeness of some mad scientist who won. Was he a the governor presidency. or like a mayor? He had to. He wasn't have been even a president. president. No, he know. wasn't. He was a governor, I think. The point is, <laughs> there are super villains finding their way into places of power in the future. And again, it doesn't feel too far off from <laughs> what we've witnessed. And then you've got like uh, little Reddit boys saying like, oh, let's elect Elon Musk, even though he's Not- fully a James oh. Bond villain. <laughs> I remember I remember the five minutes when I thought Elon Musk was cool. <laughs> like that lasted for about five minutes and it was just because of the goddamn Simpsons episode about him. And I had never heard about him before. Propaganda. Corporate propaganda. I had never heard about <laughs> that him. That SNL before. episode that he hosted, corporate propaganda. It should be expunged from it's the record. Blatant. <laughs> Is he go... the one that has a baby with Billie Eilish? Yeah. Grimes, yes. but oh, Grimes. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. I was like, I know. I was like, I know it's not um, Carrie Hilson. I know it's not um, whoever else is popping. I, I Lord <laughs> Pickles Saline. I mean, like, I can't keep up with celebrities these days. Like, <laughs> half of them are old, and half of them are young. What's this all about? <laughs> like. <laughs> 
Um, they go to a voter registration thing. I don't really get what it is. It's a big <laughs> room full of political no, jokes. It's a voter registration, but at such at voter registrations, that's when like political parties try to get you to vote for their for their agenda. You know, so they're all kind of courting. Um, you know, Fry's the one they're getting registered, but they're all trying to get people to come to their parties. So you got the, the brain slug party. You got the hemp party. My favorite part is when Amy's asking, like, legitimate questions about the usefulness <laughs> of hemp. And the spokesperson like, is oh. like, Dave's not here, man. And then she says, I hear hemp can make great shampoo. Really? I gotta check out this brochure. And he reaches down and then pulls up a giant hamburger Trevor. and just starts eating. <laughs> um, the professor goes torched. to the the professor goes to the National Ray Gun Association booth and uh I don't mm-hmm. like these characters the more I learn about their politics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a joke about uh using uh, weapons grade anthrax for hunting deer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, today, um, today you stop the mad scientist from getting his weapons. Tomorrow it's the mad grad student. When will it end? <laughs> the mad grad student. I. <laughs> okay, Wasn't go there on. a joke about a waiting period also? Like three days? Three yeah, day reducing waiting the period. waiting period. <laughs> to get yeah. a doomsday device. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 That's one of the things all... I love about the show is that it it's so wacky and yet it's so on point with like real shit. Yeah. And it's supposed to be set in the future. So it's like, it kind of gives the writers a free pass to be like, oh, we're not talking about you right, right. now. Yeah. It's but... the classic sort of, we're going to, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about something completely different and yet it's going to subconsciously slide through. <laughs> And it's funny because people talk about how The Simpsons keeps predicting the future or whatever. And I saw a tweet one time that was like, The Simpsons isn't predicting the future. America just hasn't solved any problems in the last 30 years. (laughs) So this is kind of taking that to the extreme of like, yeah, a thousand years in the future, we're still going to be dealing with Richard Nixon. Still. We're still dealing with Richard Nixon. (laughs) Well, you know, like The Simpsons back in 1990 were lower middle class and today the amount of shit that they have is like really sexy like who can afford <laughs> that a house? house is huge that house <laughs> is sickening that house and then also um i mean homer uh, alludes to the mountains of debt that he's in just so they get, like there's some more recent episodes where it's just okay. like it's obvious that um uh, that the government now owns the Simpson family. <laughs> um, but uh, they they end up at the Hall of Presidents because, I don't know. You are skipping to... so far ahead. What? <laughs> you skipped so many Fine. things. Okay, okay. They You're end the up at charge. the Hall of Presidents? Why are they there? <laughs> Bender doesn't have a body. We haven't even gotten to that yet. Uh, Erica, Erica, I'm really sorry. She's normally really professional. Hey, Okay, We're Bender. just here talking about future. They're back at the house. <laughs> They're back at the house. Um, Morbo and the news lady are talking about the mining collapse that we mentioned earlier. Um, a bunch of robots are in there and they're just going to pave over them. Because it was a mining collapse in a titanium mine, 
the price of titanium has gone up and Bender is what percent titanium? He's 40% titanium. <laughs> Very fun. We named it this for a reason. <laughs> um, so he decides he's going to sell his body, which uh, the professor says, sell your body. Oh, I've been down that road, Bender. I know it's glamorous and the parties are great, but you'll end up spending all your money on jewelry and skin tight pants. And I think you ladies could maybe relate to some of that. Yeah. Add in white pumps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> white. She wore white pumps. Um, <laughs> that's the, I mean, RuPaul said in season two, episode five, that that was the mark of a true hooker. <laughs> so. Season two, episode five. Um, the bridal challenge. Wow. Wow. Encyclopedia. I do have like encyclopedic knowledge with certain things, like early seasons of Judges. Oh, just the early seasons. <laughs> she checked out right after four. And then I she checked was out like, after Dead. Rock got eliminated. Oh, I mean, fair. Mm. At least in the That was devastating. Seasons. Well, may I, I'm sure this has probably been answered in interviews or in other discussions, but did you ever audition for Drag Race before you found yourself on Dragula? I did. And my audition tapes were terrible. They will never see the light of day. <laughs> Um, but I also just had, when I did the Dragula audition, I had so much more fun, I think, than doing the Drag Race audition. Mm. Um, because I felt like I was able to, like, express what I wanted to a little bit more as a little bit, just a little bit more open-ended. Whereas, like, at that point, you were already having, like, your snatch game, your Mm. this Mm -hmm. and your that. Mm -hmm. So. That makes sense. I think there just needs to be more and more drag competition shows. Or just drag, just shows about drag queens. Yeah, like. Even between Drag Race and Drag... Yeah, exactly. But even between the two shows we have right now, we're still only scratching the surface of the history of drag and the breadth of drag. Erica, you mentioned uh, Rockham Sakura's devastating elimination. Speaking Mm. of devastating eliminations, I thought uh, the episode you got eliminated from Dragula was so heartbreaking because I think you should have won that challenge. (laughs) And I think you won the extermination. I didn't understand it at all. Well, you know, the best part of that all was that uh, Peach's Christ has told me ad nauseum. She told that, me as well that, that she wanted that, you. Like, they really wanted me to stay. So that that felt good, you know. Um, because Peaches like, and Coco, they both loved they did. you. Yeah, so I was like, you know, I did what I had to do. I, I don't regret anything. Who's Peach's Christ? <laughs> <laughs> that drag name's offensive. Um, so you know Heclina? <laughs> oh, you know Heclina? Heclina and I go way back. <laughs> Okay, picture that minus the bumper bang. No. <laughs> uh, it's like well, a she can't eyebrows. have a bang. She's got to make room for all the, the eyebrow. The, the bumper, <laughs> the bumper brows. <laughs> um, no, Peaches is amazing. Of course she is, and um, I, uh, I, I just want to know what's the weirdest thing you had to eat. <laughs> oh god well i think the... did you eat anything on your season yes we did the whole yes i didn't I eat the whole time <laughs> oh yeah have you eaten something <laughs> not since 1973 <laughs> um, <laughs> this isn't um no it was the uh pig's feet anchovy smoothie and i downed it in like mm. 20 seconds that was probably the easiest but also like the most disgusting um and then i vomited some and then i scooped it back up with my spoon and that's you know that's how Dolly ended up getting the boot and coming back for season four and slaying season four. Yeah, spoilers. She so she like won. it all worked out. 
I, Jinx, um, didn't I, you have to eat, eat some pig's feet on season five? I can't remember no. as well. <laughs> no, they no. did the eating season two, episode three for the country oh, queens. Yeah. Cow brains <sighs> and yeah. <laughs> oh, I am yeah. so glad I never had to eat anything. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, but the inhuman thing they made me do on my season was um, work out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when she exercised and she looked like she was gonna die? I was gonna die. Um, it was. Isn't that just the the Nixon fitness test that they make you do in high school? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that Nixon and, or is it Reagan? Uh, and it was at, at it was so close to the end of our season. We had been just laying around for weeks, our muscles atrophying in the hotel room. You know, like getting up once a day to get into drag and otherwise just laying prone. And then they're like, "Work out for two hours," and I was like. <laughs> my body was, that was for the military like yeah. the uh... and my body was sore for the rest of of filming i was <laughs> wow. just like very in pain even at the reunion which they filmed filmed like six months, months later, later. Was... <laughs> if they had uh, like it, oh my god if i was competing today with my 34 year old body um uh, i would have i would have died so Bender has sold his body. He's now just a head with money in his mouth. A dog walks up to him and lifts his leg, you know, indicating that the dog's going to piss all over Bender. And Bender says, I'll give you five bucks not to do what you're thinking about doing. And then we zoom out. We can't really see what's happening. But we hear Bender's voice say, you just lost five dollars. <laughs> so he gets peed on by the dog and doesn't seem to mind that much. Right. <laughs> like he'd prefer not to be peed on, but once the once it starts flowing, he seems all right. <laughs> Bender is just so go with the flow. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know they they like made a point to like make Bender homophobic at a few moments in the show. Mm. But I feel like if Bender existed in real life that Bender would be pansexual. There's no there's no way a person like Bender would exist and only be attracted to one specific gender because Right. Well, in the later seasons, he sort of opens up when he becomes robosexual with Amy. Oh, he opens yeah, up to something. But he's oh, still he like up. exclusively into femme people. You know, I think Bender. What's next? Gay robosexual marriage? <laughs> I think Bender, if he existed in real life, the way that he's all about like pleasure and all about like servicing his his vices and his needs, there's no way he wouldn't also be like debauched and like into every single sex act, you know, with every single type of person. That's just my thought. Mm. <laughs> or maybe he can like just have settings like on the side, you know, just <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna be straight. I'm gonna be, <laughs> I'm gonna be straight tonight, guys. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be quite the privilege if you could just switch coding like that at the flip of the flip of the switch. Some of us you know, don't have that luxury. Some I of think us we all wish don't at one time blend or another. In. <laughs> Lots of people think I'm straight. <laughs> yeah, but so someone kicks <laughs> Bender's head. That's saying more someone... about you than the other people. <laughs> it's because um, you don't kicks wash. <laughs> someone kicks Bender's head, and he's just magically back at the office. Um, he is adjusting to life as being ahead. 
Um, but he's very rich, so he's doing rich head things. He's like <laughs> at a country club, and someone shakes a martini in him. Uh, he goes to a casino, and he's the roulette ball or something. And so he's and able to he, rig it. <laughs> yeah, and then he also. I don't know what this had to do with anything. They go bowling and his head is the bowling ball. Why is that fun for Bender? He's rich. Why is this fun for him? He can do anything. We're just seeing things that he can do now that he doesn't have a body. And you were right. We I tried to skip a lot by ending up in the head museum because I was more interested in the uh, the Nixon plot line than the Bender plot line. But we end up in the head museum because Bender first, thinks first oh he's God. in a car. <laughs> first he's, he's in not a car. A car. <laughs> His head is in a little car and it's really cute. <laughs> and he's chasing Nibbler around. Why are we skipping over so much gold? Because Jinx. we still have a lot to talk about, and I feel I don't like... want to talk about. Nixon. Nixon, he's depressing. We could, it's kind of like giving, the car is kind of giving me like um, in Mar- the original Mario Party slot car derby. We Ooh, see the Mario's yeah. head like super huge on, on top of the engine basically. Slot car derby. Oh, she's Mario shady. Party. Slot car derby. Yeah, yeah she's shady. Mario party. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. We used to Mario Party and play. No. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Just like a. What if you went over someone's house for P and P, and it was just Mario Party? <laughs> oh my gosh! And people are just like having full blown conversations while they are fucking each other and playing Mario Party. That's and the, jerking the, off. With that's their feet. the <laughs> thing about sex parties. Like whenever you see footage of sex parties, it's like two people are having sex, and then like two other people are having a conversation about like political climate. <laughs> <laughs> Two other people are talking about what food they're going to order for after all the sex. There's always some random full-blown conversation happening in the same room. Um, but this has nothing to do with Futurama. We end up in the head museum! <laughs> because Bender wants to hang out with sophisticated, classy heads like himself. <laughs> and that uh, leads us to the Hall of Presidents. Well, there's a bunch of models first. <laughs> Oh yeah, I don't uh, care Claudia about Schiffer. Claudia, Claudia Schiffer. Head. Why don't you care about Claudia Schiffer? <laughs> you care about these white so, men. You there's love still white, so much episode. White men. And the episode is power. primarily about the voting process. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what Claudia Schiffer looks like. Oh, I see. She looks okay, yeah, like looks I pretty. actually could. Oh yes, I remember this person. <laughs> I see. <seem> it... <laughs> like I remember her from the '90s. I feel like it's actually her voice, right? Like yes, it of seemed course. like mm. it. Which makes it that much more jarring when Bill Clinton is an obvious voice actor. Because it goes from like Claudia Schiffer talking very naturally and then Bill Clinton going, hey, there, little lady. I can't do Bill Clinton. <laughs> I, uh, I quit um, uh, stand up as I moved to LA. But when I was coming down to LA mm-hmm. to do stand up, one, one of the two or three times I ventured into a comedy club, uh, there was a man. And he, in the year 2019, was a Bill Clinton impersonator. <laughs> and I have to admit, he did look a lot like Bill Clinton. <laughs> but imagine that being your lot in life, that, like, I'm a Bill Clinton impersonator. And <laughs> he hasn't been culturally relevant in, like, 20 years. <laughs> well, that, but then also, like, when your whole thing is an impersonator, like, when that person goes on wild journeys in their life, it's like... 
uh, Epstein <laughs> journeys. <laughs> you, you, your career is reliant on that person not being horrible, <laughs> like not getting canceled, essentially. Which is why it's been so hard on those Roseanne impersonators out there. <laughs> I know, I had to find a new gig. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> my Uncle Bubba does a great Bill Clinton, um, but... <laughs> you have an Uncle Bubba? Bubba, yeah, I have an Uncle Bubba. Erica, you, I've been you friends with this person for... A cannot, long time. And cannot, every every once in a while, she drops one of these horrifying nuggets. I cannot believe that I'm in a Sweet Home Alabama sequel. <laughs> I didn't even know it. Excuse me. What's so horrifying about having an Uncle Bubba, you classist? Fuck. Is it the rapper Bubba Sparks? No, it's just my Uncle Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're in the Hall of Presidents. There's a bunch of jokes about fucking presidents. Which one was your favorite, Mom? Um, uh, my two favorite jokes in here is Gerald Ford saying, "I never found voting to be that crucial to the election <laughs> process." And Do you actually know what that means? I have context clues. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think happened there? I, I think, want you to go on record. Why? How did Gerald I think Ford become Gerald president? Ford got like the what? The electoral college vote, but not the popular vote. Is that what happened? That, no, he that, was the that's vice what president. With fucking, what's he oh. was the vice president for Nixon. So when Nixon right. had oh. to resign, he became president. That's oh. why there was another dig at there was another dig at Gerald Ford that Nixon did that was like, oh, you're pardoning anybody or something. <laughs> I, didn't re- I didn't realize Gerald Ford was Nixon's um, vice president because I oh so Nixon then, lost when he ran with Agnew. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nixon ended up no. resigning. What, when does Agnew get into the picture? Oh my God. Agnew <laughs> was his chief of staff and was briefly his vice president as well. Okay. You see, I haven't gone back and learned about politics. I just... I believe Agnew was indicted in either Watergate or one of the many scandals of Richard Nixon's presidency. And Agnew had to resign before Here, Nixon did. Here's what I'm going to admit on this podcast. I could also be wrong about some of this, but I am acting very holier than thou about Jigston. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. Like, a lot of people my age only recently started giving a well, shit. Well, you just, you were so fucking excited to get this Hall of Presidents and talk about it, to and now you don't know about anything about it. about the voting process! <laughs> Listen. Yeah, so, I'm looking it up real quick right now. He... <laughs> Gerald Ford took over after Nixon resigned. Nixon resigned because he did some really inappropriate shit at Watergate. <laughs> and that's why now now everything that's a scandal, they put gate at the end. Exactly. We know Three queers try and, and pardoned, talk about pardoned, mid-century history. <laughs> he pardoned Richard Nixon. Yes. At, right as he assumed the presidency, just to be like, sorry. Okay. So thanks for, first of thanks all, for being available. Thank you, Erica, for um, giving us real world context <laughs> so that we're not just sitting here uh, hypothesizing wildly. <laughs> but what I want to say is, admittedly, until Trump ran for president, no, until Barack Obama ran for president, I 
wasn't really invested in politics. And that's when my political brain got switched on and has been on ever since. But I've never like went, okay, I'm going to learn about everything from before because that's (laughs) over and done with. Right. Uh, (laughs) I'm plugged into the here and the now. Um, And also, like, I really thought I was going to get that right. I I thought context clues, like, I, you know, like, um, Okay. I also interpreted it as like I feel like a lot of politicians wish that they could not just just do away with the voting because a lot of it is the performance of it anyway. The voting don't even get me started. You know, like they're they just they just think think tank the fuck out of everything. I won a high school election by doing a tap dance, not because I was the best person for the job. I beat my friend Emily, and she totally should have won that. that what position <laughs> were you elected to? I think I was like um, uh, publicity man- manager or publicity <laughs> head. Okay, I don't Samantha. Know. Like my my job, <laughs> my job ended up being like getting the word out um, when there was like a an announcement or like a an event. I wasn't good at the job. I would make like two posters and call it good. <laughs> and like gossip. I'd be like, did you hear? <laughs> I did a my lot favorite. of organic publicity. <laughs> right. On the ground. My, viral guerrilla marketing. Uh, my favorite <laughs> president joke was George Washington asked better why he says his, why he sold his body. And uh, Washington <laughs> says, Fuck, I'm mixing it up. <laughs> he Bender says the same reason you sold your teeth. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Booze money. money. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a president joke we can all enjoy because we all knew he had wooden teeth, right? Yeah, and I guess he was an alcoholic. Probably. Um, <laughs> probably. That's why. <laughs> wooden teeth sounds nasty. Yeah. That just what get, if you got that just termites? Stays, that just stays moist. Yeah. You know yeah. Is saying? there a lacquer have, on like, them, like a veneer? Mouth. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if they had better options for teeth and George Washington was just a traditionalist and my okay. father had wooden teeth and I'll be damned if I don't go to my <laughs> grave with wooden teeth as well. <laughs> Do you think the wooden teeth were made out of the cherry tree that he chopped down? <laughs> <laughs> he really had it in for that cherry tree. Bring it full circle. <laughs> it looked like he was bleeding, but it really was just cherry wood, y'all. <laughs> That cherry tree killed his father. <laughs> he just <laughs> spent his life dedicated to getting They leave that part out of the story. It. it landed on his father and crushed him. What and I... that's how we ended up with the giving tree. Yes. <laughs> what I love is like the story about the cherry tree is like proof that he couldn't lie. He like chopped it down just to go For tell no his... reason. And then his mom was like, did you chop it down? And he went, yes, I sure did. And that's when he became president. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay so yeah they meet nixon and i don't know they say something that inspires him to run for president i don't know he he uh, waxes rhapsodic about how uh, how much he loved his body riddled with phlebitis <laughs> i um i don't know if this is republican body <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is conducive to the conversation, but I had to look up what phlebitis was because I just wanted to know exactly what it was. Listen to this jacked up description of phlebitis. 
I have no idea this is news to me. Phlebitis is inflammation of a vein, usually in the legs. It's most commonly occurs in superficial veins. Phlebitis often occurs in conjunction with thrombosis and is then called thrombophlebitis or superficial thrombosis. Thrombophlebitis. Unlike deep vein thrombosis, the probability that superficial thrombophlebitis. Like, what does this mean, Reach? Um. It means that you have like an infection in your blood, in your veins, and your blood, and your bloodstream, which is not good. It does wow. not sound good. I've I sucked would- some really veiny dicks. Do you think that guy had phlebitis? <laughs> I just want to point out. That Erica keeps like telling us exactly what things <laughs> mean and what they are, and I don't want to. Dracula say girls are more learned. <laughs> we, we have to listen. We cha- we train like the Compared final girls. Okay, <laughs> we need like Jamie Lee Curtis like boot camp before you go to Dracula. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I feel like I, we should do. We really should do that. Like the Jamie Lee Curtis Institute. I don't want to say. Girls. I'm not going to say that I'm surprised. Erica the Lori is this. Strode Institute. <laughs> I'm not surprised that Erica is she, this she's never seen Halloween. Isn't that fucked up? So many different topics. I'm gonna say that I'm surprised that any drag queen is so knowledgeable on <laughs> this many topics. Like drag queens normally got like two things in their brain. They can do makeup and they might know about chickens or something. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're lucky you get both, right? <laughs> Bender is having nightmares. Of, of binary because he misses his body. I don't know. The episode goes off the rails here. Um, and then I think they decide I even to. Saw it too. <laughs> yeah, pretty dumb. Um, they go back to the pod shop. He has already sold the body. Um, what I like here is uh, <laughs> the pawn shop guy offers $70 to buy Fry, which is <laughs> wild. And Fry says, Hey, my clothes are worth $70. And he says, deal and then it just cuts to fry naked on the couch which i thought was very funny what i would love about having fry as a co-worker is just all the unplanned nudity like fry is naked a lot and he's very comfortable with his body i mean he's sitting naked on the couch very relaxed (laughs) and i feel like he's always like he's always horny enough (laughs) <laughs> but like he'll do you if you really want him oh, to. Yeah. Fry He's not going to say no. Fry is is definitely bisexual. They just never address uh, it on the so. show. So. <laughs> it is funny because he's got his leg. He's his legs are crossed to cover his junk, but I I don't feel like that's to hide his junk from any of the coworkers. I don't care. I don't think he cares if they see. Well, we learned throughout the series that the coworkers are like uncomfortably close with each other. <laughs> I don't know why a delivery company has co-ed showers, but <laughs> <laughs> because of Starship Troopers man it's the okay. future okay. man and they all okay. have a naked hot tub party at some point bender is depressed they turn on the tv and nixon is announcing his candidacy uh which he is able to do because he has bender's body there's a loophole now i had an observation around here um Nixon's campaign manager. Now they typically the stock characters in the show all look exactly the same. Nixon's campaign manager was drawn to be very <laughs> ugly. <laughs> like, she's one of the few truly ugly characters on this show. 
She's, what do you, how would you describe her look, Chiggs? Mm. She she looks kind of like she's kind of haggard. If a pig father impregnated a human mother, <laughs> and that's some kind of horrifying um, hybrid baby. So it kind of comes back around to the spooky door. <laughs> yes, it's like a spooky pig, door the pig, episode. The, the pig, pig doctors. People. Yeah, pig doctors. Um, Bender, of course. At sight of his body, um, with Richard Nixon attached to it, you know, he, he uh, the thing is, he says Nixon stole his body. Nixon paid for it outright. I mean, Bender sold sold the body and now is upset to see someone else have it. But like, you know, I would be too, I guess. Also, and I know we get an answer to this at the end of the episode, but why did he need to go to a pawn shop to get a body? Like, he's a former president. Doesn't he have, like, couldn't the RNC <laughs> give him money to buy a, jar, a body? Nick, I don't know, because he's a fucking head in a jar. If he's not at the museum just sitting there, um, I don't know that he has much agency beyond that. But... <laughs> The Planet Express crew decides to intervene. They fly to the presidential debate on the sign outside of the debate. It says tomorrow, vice presidential, your mama's so fat joke contest. Um, Do you remember how big yo mama jokes were in the early 2000s? They were everywhere. Yo mama on MTV? Exactly. With Wilmer Valderrama? Mm-hmm. <laughs> who jinx was, acted with that one time <laughs> it's like that and a shot at love with Tila tequila that was my 2007 <laughs> fun fact and Brittany at the VMAs obviously but that oh, goes without course. saying fun fact I didn't recognize Wilmer Valderrama um, while I was working with him on season five and then later as I was filming my interview <laughs> my solo confessional they were like and what did you think of Wilmer and I said I am I supposed to know who he is? <laughs> and they were like, Wilmer? And I was like, yeah, the only Wilmer I know is Wilmer Valderrama. And they were like, that's who it was, Jinx. <laughs> and I was like, no, he doesn't have a beard. <laughs> like, he grew a beard. He grew a beard, Jinx. And I was like, oh, I, I realized in retrospect who I had just done a scene with and it blew my mind. I well, would've... to be fair, I don't think Wilder Valverada knew that he was there either. <laughs> <laughs> he oh, smells he is amazing, delicious, though. though. He's so He's he very cute. So yeah. 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 Um, the there's <laughs> Morbo is introducing the candidates. He says, "Beauty human number one, beauty human number two, and Morbo's good friend Richard Nixon." Um, <laughs> Nixon says, how's your family, Morbo? And he says, (laughs) belligerent and numerous. (laughs) (laughs) I love Morbo so much. Morbo's iconic. Erica, you have done some very amazing uh, anime and cartoon looks. You've turned them into drag looks. Would you ever Mm -hmm. do a Morbo for me? (sighs) (laughs) What would I do from from Futurama? Yeah, who would would you do? do? <laughs> I could see myself doing like a like a Zor- like a what is his name? Oh my god! Don't tell, me, don't tell me. Zoidberg. Well, and you know they introduce they like, introduce a- Edna. Oh, there's a lady Zoidberg. Edna, yeah. um, lady Zoidberg, oh. and she's got good fashion. I think you could pull that off really well. Okay, I like that. We'll look forward to that, Erica. Yeah. So it it's funny like that favorite. we're. T- it's funny that I'm pitching um, looks to you because I texted you this morning and I saw that the last time I texted you was I said that you should be the Pokeball head guy 
from from sword and from shield sword and shield oh my god that's camp <laughs> um okay anyway um the <laughs> she doesn't know anything about pokemon oh jack the plural of pokemon is pokemon <laughs> <laughs> uh the the question uh, for the debate is literally, would you steal candy from a baby? <laughs> and they're under a truthoscope. So Nixon's sweating, which is a reference to the first time he was on TV for a debate anyway. Yeah, and that lost him the presidency, didn't it? The first time he ran? Yeah, it was him running against Kennedy. Yeah. And Kennedy was, and he was handsome. He looked so sweaty and nervous. And then there were conspiracy theories that the makeup artist sabotaged Nixon by putting like a makeup on him that would cause him to sweat more it was like this whole thing like oh my god almost as if republicans were sore losers and wanted to find any way to illegitimize the 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 voting and the election (laughs) process back in the when was that 60s (laughs) right (laughs) 60s into the 70s yeah yeah. Well, Look at you knowing dates. I do know some better. things. I know some <laughs> things. I know the things that interest me. <laughs> Makeup conspiracies. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are backstage. Uh, mm, the, the campaign manager, the ugly bitch that, <laughs> Jinx, <laughs> that Jinx was calling out for being an ugly bitch. I never called bitch. her a bitch. I called her ugly. I, I'm paraphrasing, but I feel like that was the gist of what you I said. I try not to call women bitches. I just call little <laughs> shitheads like you bitch, because you're my bitch, bitch. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, they are listening to him. They're, like, hiding in a trunk. I don't understand what's going on in this episode. This episode is insane, actually. Um, they're listening to him. Apparently, everyone loves him because of his shiny robot body, even though he did horrible in the debates, and that is also uh, very prescient and current to our times, but, that someone but... could, like, be sniffing cocaine nose uh, for an entire debate, cutting off Hillary Clinton over and over, and people are like, yeah, he did a pretty good job. Yeah, fuck, fuck everyone. Um, but I do love the campaign manager's line. Your head says blah, 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 but your body says, look at my shiny new body. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She's got a lot of sass for an objectively ugly person. (laughs) Jinx hates this girl. Jinx thinks that she's ugly and she should die. She decided to help Nixon become president. She's like yeah, the Kellyanne Conway she's a Kelly of this Ann episode. Conway type, yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of that's the kind of ugly that starts off inside and then just starts manifesting Work. on the outside. You know, pushes its way out through her pores. Yeah, like he um, really does age you. It's also a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> Nixon uh, <laughs> is confronted by the Planet Express trio. They are begging for the body back. Um, he says, I would never sell my body. I would sooner give up my beautiful dog, Checkers. The dog barks. And he says, shut up, Checkers! <laughs> um, and the, jo- the dog is just the head in a jar also, which I found funny. <laughs> How's he going to lift uh, it by the ears? Is that what happened? Was that Nixon? I don't know, Mom. Someone lifted a basset hound by the ears. It was an outrage. Some that would president. hurt the dog, yeah. Yeah. That's not um, good. Fry says, I didn't Mr. mean to Nixon. shrug away that it was an outrage. I mean, animal abuse is never a never a wave away thing. <laughs> so they decide they are going to break into Nixon's hotel room. Uh, he's staying at the Watergate because they give you a discount if you've been there before. 
Um, as long as we're doing historical pop quizzes on Jinx, Jinx, what do you think happened at the Watergate? What do you think went down there? <laughs> what I know is that Richard admitted... Richard, Richard, my good friend Richard. Richard. <laughs> Nixon admitted wrongdoing and like fucking. What like, did he do though? I don't know, but he was recorded. <laughs> he, he was recorded talking about like um what what did he do? He was recorded talking about something he did that he was, wasn't supposed to do, yeah, and the recordings like were him... released, and that's why he was impeached. Okay. Yeah, it was like him wanting to spy on, I think, the Democrats or something. That is correct. And there was evidence that I think they taped at the Watergate Hotel. That I was going like, to point into it. I was yes, going to say they were breaking into the Watergate to steal the DNC's stuff. He um, and he, as we know um, from the movie Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump was the one who called <laughs> because right. he saw flashlights in there. <laughs> I thought he was admitting to having colluded with Russia to rig the election. they break into nixon's hotel room uh nixon is asleep on the couch they unscrew his head um they're about to uh, get away with it but fry turns on the the massage bed which has magic tentacles uh and it wakes up nixon activated uh i thought he had to put a coin in no he didn't it it says magic tentacles and he goes hmm and then it pans down and it says thought activated and then the tentacles come out and just start brutalizing fry which begs the question what use is are these magical tentacles who is (laughs) wanting that to happen to and the bed folds up like this so it's not like it's intentionally supposed to be horrible for the person on the bed and i ask why why but then it makes more sense why Nixon's passed out on the couch <laughs> instead of sleeping in the bed. Erica, you're the biggest anime fan here. How do you feel about tentacles? <laughs> uh, well, you know, we did have to do the tentacle. We, we had to eat like, um, I think it was octopus or squid mm-hmm. tentacles for that eating thing. And I hate seafood. I do not eat seafood at all. Did they have the little suckers on them that would? They gross had me the out. little suckers, and they were. It was still the nerves were still moving. Yeah. Gross. And the, the the chewy like not being able to like swallow it super easily was yeah not not fun. But I do you have a monster tentacle dildo? Is what Nick was getting uh, at. I you know I wish, but you know <laughs> I would really like to do some sort of like squid look. Like with like ink and everything. It's been marinating in my brain for a couple months. Lady Ooh, Cthulhu? Yeah, yeah like like Kawaii Thulu. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I love it. And she like has like, you know, little her little wings in the back, which is very like <laughs> and a and dainty. a tiny little backpack between them. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm gonna do like super cutesy, like I think it's I think it was She's yeah. like she's gonna bring the destruction of mankind with stickers. Um <laughs> Yeah, Eldritch Eldritch horror. And uh, sparkles I'm an and accessories. Whore. <laughs> <laughs> Eldritch horror and over accessorizing. Yeah. Same thing. Uh, Bender and Nixon try and have a fight, but their heads and they're just heads, so they can only like kind of bounce near each other and growl. Um, they capture Nixon on tape. Jinx, the thing you knew. The Good phys- job. The physics of these heads with no necks jumping around. Like <laughs> ni- when Nixon's like, I'm going to inch my way over to the phone and his little <laughs> jar starts hopping. There's no possible way. A How's he going to die, y'all? 
<laughs> There's no possible way a severed head would have any kind of musculature that allows for the type of movement we're seeing from him. <laughs> and then there's the jar. <laughs> also, normally the jar is just open on the top, but Nixon has upgraded to this this like fish tank well, that has like a, a lid on it. Well, because he was on a robot body, so he's been mm-hmm. sloshing around. <laughs> <laughs> They get him on tape saying that when he's elected, he's going to sell children's organs and go into people's houses at night and wreck up the place. And they get you it on tape. I so was they... bad before. Well, years of being a head in a jar have made me bitter and resentful <laughs> and crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they blackmail him into returning Bender's body. Um, Nixon, the next day, they're watching the returns. Nixon is way behind until the robots turn evil out to vote. Evil underdog Nixon trails <laughs> evil <laughs> underdog. Turns out uh, he got a huge new robot body, which surprises Leela and Fry and Bender. But it's like, have you? how did the robots know about it <laughs> if Leela and Fry are just fighting out about it now? You were very intimately involved with this election. You were following Maybe him around personally. Maybe they slept in late because of the rough night they had. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. I mean, they had to scale a building last night. I'd be pooped. I, I, I'm exhausted just going grocery shopping. <laughs> Imagine scaling a building and then trying to uh, get up the next day and have a normal day. <laughs> um, Nixon wins by one vote, as was uh, foretold. Um, well, no, Fry and they, Leela, but they Fry didn't vote. Leela forgot don't to vote. They say that he won by one vote, do they? I believe they do. Oh, I thought it was that the robot vote came in and completely overwhelmed everything. But we're all we're we're like splitting hairs here because the voter turnout was six <laughs> percent, which is the highest high. it's been yeah. in ages. <laughs> Leela forgot to vote, even though she was the one chastising Fry and Bender for not being involved in the voting process in the first place. She's the one who in, ended up forgetting. Yes. Um, so everyone get registered to vote. It's important. Um, and, uh, Biden sucks, but vote for him anyway. Uh, that's all I have to say on that. (laughs) Uh, Erica, final thoughts on this episode. I just love the the Richard Nixon voice. <laughs> you do it pretty good. Because I'm pretty good at, I'm pretty good at voices, y'all, I have to say. <laughs> I've good noticed. everyone. I've noticed yeah. throughout the episode that y- you are quite good at voices. Um, I I kind of copied this voice when I was in middle school and I wasn't creative <laughs> enough story already. to come up with story. my own voice. What? You didn't hear we the story? We already heard that. When I played We're not going to mi- repeat stories on the I podcast. Played I, hear, Nick, I, <laughs> I played Mr. McAfee. I played Mr. McAfee in Bye Bye Birdie in middle school and I did a Richard Nixon. Well, it was a Futurama impression of Richard Nixon. Right. Um, so I was like... What's the matter with kids today? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that flabite is gross. Thank you. She's shady. <laughs> Jinx, ask Erica the uh, standard questions. I think we know the answer to one of them. Okay. Yeah, but um, try to surprise us. Um, so, <laughs> um, question the first. Um, having watched this episode of Futurama, do you think you'll be watching more Futurama? Do you think you're going to pick it back up? Do you think you're going to start binging it from this day forward? You know, I, I could see myself doing that. We actually, my sister and I, we love The Simpsons as well. It's been a minute since we actually watched that as well. 
It's um, unrecognizable lo- these days. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I but but she and I used to have a ritual of doing that. So maybe I could bring that back. Cause mm-hmm. now that now that and just like that is gone. It's not gone. It's not gone. It's just it's finished from the for the, it's <laughs> finished for the time being. They set that up. That episode was Samantha's set up gone. like that episode was set up for just like and get ready for season two, and we'll tie up some of these loose ends that we're leaving all. They have left the door wide open for Kim Cattrall to come I back want... if she wants to. I want Erica, I Kim Cattrall. Can you do an impression of Steve? I can do a good Kim Cattrall. <laughs> One time I saw a horse while filming in Central Park. I told Sarah Jessica to get back on set. (laughs) (laughs) I love that everything about this show is written so like real, but Samantha is written like a, like a 1940s (laughs) cigarette girl. You know, she's like (laughs) baseball glove. I thought it was his penis. (laughs) she's, She's always, she always has the jokes. Even in this most recent episode, like, they were. She was doing her bits via text, and Through I was like, "This is message. so clever." Yeah, I, I have never seen a TV so it was show small. like it co- wasn't big. <laughs> <laughs> this TV show is courting Kim Cattrall, giving her all of the power. They are leaving it wide open. If she would like to return to the show, they could have killed her. I mean, Samantha had cancer once. <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna need a separate podcast. Just no, I know they could have. They could have fully. <laughs> They could have fully done that on us. They did it in the L word. They killed off uh, Pam Greer's character that way. What? It was very upsetting. Well, I don't uh, need to watch that reboot. No, you should watch it, though. It's really good. Okay. <laughs> um, and we need more discourse on lesbian culture. We do. Thank you. Um, my second... I was listening to La Tigre this morning, so I feel like okay. I've done my part. You feel like you've done and, well, your and the hair, part. And the hairstyle. I live in Portland. I live in Portland. <laughs> So I'm I'm doing my part daily. <laughs> now and I'm wearing Crocs, so I'm doing my part right now. <laughs> okay, let's, let's stop generalizing. Let's be. <laughs> but Portland is the lesbian mecca of the United States. Anyway, Erica. Yes. Um, uh, my next question for you, and some would say my last question for you, okay. <laughs> is of the Futurama cast, who would you do? A fry. Okay, fry. but okay, easy peasy. But since we knew the answer, um, who would be your second choice? Or if you were having a threesome with Fry and one other person, who would Fry who... and Barbado Slim? <laughs> really good answer. Because you know Very it's like good you answer. can't. And listen, La Barbara, she listen. Barbados is a lot of man, and La Barbara's <laughs> already married. You know she should let me have a piece. Of Barbados, slip. she can I, share. Yeah, I have had I bisexual like... threesomes before, and I would, even though I'm not attracted to cis women, I would right. gladly, you know, participate in a three threesome with Barbados and La Barbara because I would just be so lucky. And can you imagine, squat, pudgy, white little Bar- me, <laughs> like, Barbados Slim <laughs> taking turns? Listen, <laughs> I'm down. Um. <laughs> have you ever had a bisexual threesome not a bisexual threesome but i've had threesomes eh. i had a bisexual threesome it's better when you're the guest once <laughs> oh, yeah, <of> course. <laughs> 
I had a bisexual threesome once where me and um, the the female next to me, we were just shoulder to shoulder on the bed, and the, oh and, <laughs> and the dude the dude was kind of going back and forth, and then there was a moment where they were kind of like doing their thing, and I looked him in the eyes, and and, and this is her face. I just went like this. <laughs> like this, this is as far as I'm going, but I just want you to get a little thrill out of this. <laughs> well, Erica, you've been a fantastic guest. This has been a fantastic episode. Um, yeah, and um, before we wrap up, I'm just gonna open the ballots. I'm so uh, thankful the that I got here. What so thankful that I just got to laugh. What are you talking about? Ballots. The ballots. Yeah, I have Erica's here. I have mine. Um, Jinx, did you send in your ballot? What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, those ballots. Yeah. Yes. It's election day. Did you hear about that? Yeah. You seem so, like, politically aware. I thought you would know. That's it. Okay, one vote for Nick. Great, great. Um, Open this one. What the fuck are you talking about? We're electing a new producer of the podcast today. You didn't see all the TV ads? I actually took out quite a few ads against you. They were very scathing, so I'm sorry you missed them. All right, and I guess the only other vote... This one. Oh, look, it's it's for me. It's for Nick. Okay, so oh. I'm, the new, uh, I'm the new producer. I'm producer once again. All is right in the world. I'm the producer of the podcast again. Erica, thank you for your vote. I know it was yeah, a secret congrats. ballot, but I hope you don't mind me. Hope I, oh. Hello? Oh. Hello, I'm I am the I am the producer of this podcast. Start my video again. Erica, oh. thank yes. you so much for joining us today. And I want to thank our audience for listening to I'm 40% podcast or watching it if you're one of those YouTube youths. Um, we'll be back next Monday with a brand new episode of I'm 40% podcast where we'll be discussing uh, Futurama season 2 episode Eight? Yeah. This one yeah. was seven. You're going in order? Thank you, Erica. I'm so happy to have you as my new co-host. Um, <laughs> have a wonderful and, day, everybody. And thank you for putting Nick's head in a jar. Oh, thank you. You know, you know it's a, it, it, was a, it was a public service kind of thing. Sometimes Christmas comes late. <laughs> um, anyway. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank you, Jinx. Love you. Love you, too. 